increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's STRonomics. Sorry, I'm doing the intro again. I just tried to convince Kenny to do the intro. <laughs> Apparently that's my job moving forward. Um, this is going to be a really cool episode. This is really mine and Kenny's six-month outlook. Uh, Kenny's sabotaging me a little bit because like for the last 30 hours, he's been doing data research that he's going to share with you. I have no data. So I'm going to be the subjective side and Kenny is going to be the data-driven side. So Kenny, lead us off, my friend. Yeah, so what I wanted to do, I've been looking a lot into the data and especially the future because I've had a lot of people reach out to me recently about, hey, Kenny, I'm not seeing the numbers that, you know, STR Insights says. You know, I look in the calendars and I'm not seeing people having bookings or myself, I'm seeing a big dip in bookings and revenue this year you know, what is going on? What's your take? What are you seeing across the entire market? So as we were updating the numbers for the month of July and revenue, I got the opportunity to start looking, hey, what's the outlook like for after the summer, after the busy season? And so first, so I, I figured for this episode, we would talk about what's our market outlook? What are we seeing in the next three to six months? Before we get into the data, I want to just ask Bill, I want to ask you from your experience, I, before I called it gut reaction, <laughs> but experience reaction, what's your take? What are you physically seeing based on your listings, your pupils or, or followers or, or people listening, coming to you and talking to you about book? What are you seeing in the marketplace today? I think there's one really big factor that, that stands out and I'll be interested if you have it in your data. I'm going to guess probably not because I don't know if you can really track this. People that own properties prior to January 1st that were taking bookings, you know, specifically going like into the summer months in November, December, January. So I do my annual live broadcast into, into my Build Short-Term Rental Wealth group, usually on either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day after my kids open presents and say, hey, it's officially, you know, summer booking season's officially open, right? And so what I see is, and just myself as an example, so I've got like two beach properties in Gulf Shores. I manage seven beach properties. So I manage four beachfronts and I own a beachfront. And then I have my big, you know, tier two dragonfly house. All the ones that I manage on the beach, and that's all I'm, all I'm going to use as the example, out of those five properties, four are new, meaning one started taking bookings in December of last year. They're all renovated. They're all nice. I think four of the five are three bedrooms and one is a four bedroom. The four bedroom is booked farther, is booked much heavier. Like literally understand I manage all the properties. So I actually treat my, my clients' properties better than I treat my own. Unlike probably most people, this property that I started booking in December is pretty much at max occupancy, which is means like 
75 to 80% in September and October and November, all the way through Thanksgiving, right? Now, I've never in the history of being in Gulf Shores have I seen Christmas in January and February book this far in advance unless you're doing snowbirds, which I don't do. The other four properties, one that I own included that started, two of them were like opened up two to three weeks right after Russia invaded the Ukraine. The other one, another one was like right around May 1st. Another one was right around Memorial Day. Those are struggling. Um, they have booking, soft bookings in August. They have very soft bookings if it's a good property in September. Most, I think, are all booked for like the compression at Shrimp Fest and fall break. Uh, maybe half, maybe only one or two actually for Thanksgiving and like nothing past that. I think there's a recession coming, Kenny, for hosts that don't do the extra work, right? I'm not worried about those houses that are soft right now because I see the lead time shortening. And like I just shared with you before we started this, I've taken 13 bookings today in my portfolio of 20 properties. That's the most I've gotten in one day in weeks, probably since May, possibly, to be honest with you. That's a big number for 13 properties because it's been slow. And it's usually like one or two every couple of days. Now, a lot of that has to do with being at max occupancy you know, and basically in May, June, and July as well. And you see your rankings dip for that. So I think there is a correction that should have been expected. I'm not going to call it a recession unless you're the set it and forget it. If you're the set it and forget it, and you haven't watched the previous episode that we just did, you need to go back and watch that because it's going to take work, you know, to be able to sustain what we've had the last two years. Yeah. I am up 7.8% through the end of July, year over year on same properties. I can't throw like my Dragonfly property that's going to do $350,000 in the first 12 months does not factor into that. It's only year over year properties, right? So I, most people are, are probably up or even right now, but you know what's going to happen? They're going to start to, you're going to see the numbers come down in August. You're going to see them come down more in September. You're going to see them come down even more in October to where then when we get done through the year and we're not just doing the trailing 12 months and you compare 2021 to 2022, this last two quarters is where everybody's going to soften out. So I'm yeah. telling you right now, put on your big boy pants, lace up your shoes, tie them tight and get to fucking work. Get to work on your ranking uh, optimization. Get rank breeze. Make sure you're doing, you're looking at data, not just to purchase using Kenny's tool, SDR insights. I'm in that tool every single day. I'm in rank breeze, price labs, owner res, and STR Insights every single day. I just asked Kenny before we started this podcast, dude, how much time do you spend manually optimizing your listings? He's like, none. Um, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in there. I'm in. I'm in more competitive markets than Kenny's in. Right? Kenny has all his stuff automated, so I'm going to have to work harder. There's no question. I did virtually zero work. I didn't have to do anything the last two years like most of us, but now it's game time, folks. It's time to, we're the sixth man. We got to get off the freaking bench and we need to spark our team and literally carry them for the next two quarters. Because if we can carry back into spring, we're all going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because I have my, my carry costs. I've got my retained earnings, my reserves. But those of you that don't, man, don't sleep on the work that you've got to put in or you will be affected by the correction and potentially you could fall into a recession. And I look at those things, you know, completely different. I think the recession will be 20, 25%, maybe 30%, Kenny. I think a correction is going to be around 10%. Gotcha. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so I want to play 
not me personally. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but I'm going to be a representative of Airbnb. So Airbnb, based on the information, turn on smart pricing. Everything will be okay. They do not believe what you're what you just said. They don't think revenue is good. They do believe it. They're not going to tell the truth. They're they're not. They're publicly traded company. They're publicly not going to let their thought prices fall. Listen to listen to these numbers here that AirDNA just put out after it was a couple of weeks ago after they, they released their Q2 numbers. So they said AirDNA. revenue grew in Q2 compared to Q2 of 2019 by 73%. So they are comparing, you know, 2019's Q2, 21, uh, the 2021 Q2, they're saying over 50% from 20 year over year. Okay. I um, agree with that. I so I agree with that hundred percent. Everybody should have been slammed book <laughs> all the way through the summer, right? Wait, wait, hold, hold so on. I'm, I'm, just, on. I, I'm like trying to hold you back a little bit. I, let me go through this, and then we're going to pick it apart because there's a lot of fallacy in it. It is, we'll paint the picture that you want to see, but there's some underlying issues that they're not talking about. So they're saying that revenue grew by 73% if we're comparing quarters of 2019, 2022, Q2, and then 2021 to 2022 by over 50% difference year over year. So ADR, average ADR for all hosts improved by 20%, around 20% year over year is what they're saying. Average ADR. All right. So now let's... Uh, <laughs> no, if we don't fucking argue, nobody's going to listen, right? We got to have some right, right, value here. Right. So according to them, and they have really high projections, they're like, oh, well, Q3 is going to be better and you know things are just looking off like we've got more uh you know the the 25 percent more bookings uh you know traffic all these different things like these high double digits in terms of people booking and spending money and their revenue growing and there's almost like there's no end inside like there's no i'm gonna say recession but there's no correction like you were saying bill so let me ask you based on what they're saying why do you feel like that's incorrect well, I mean, I I think that the numbers for Q2, like Q1, Q2 of 2022 should be that way. You know, that kind of goes back to what I just said, especially if you owned a property in 2021, that thing should be booked up. We didn't start feeling this till March, really into April, right? Mm-hmm. So if you owned a property prior to then, that's why I kind of use Russia invading Ukraine as, as the tipping point of what's happened in our, you know, economic standpoint today, or really the psyche of, you know, the, I just lost my train of thought, what, what's, um, Shit, I can't remember. Anyways, that's that's the turning point for me, right? So if you had a property, uh, you were on the first page, you were a decent host, you're, you should be good probably till about right now, right? So now is when, I, and I hear what they're saying for the next quarter, but okay, traffic's up. Is their marketing budget up? Have they gone from spending 10 million a month to 20 million a month on online marketing? What's driving the traffic? We got to know the sources. That's really incomplete data, right? You know that. You know, then the second point is, is how many freaking people have, how many, what's the volume of properties that they've added to the platform in the last two years or in the last 12 months? People were still in a buying frenzy. I can't believe people are buying right now, to be honest with you you know, at 8%, 9%. I get that it's slowed down, but there's still a lot of people buying. That frenzy was all the way up really till about April 1st until rates kind of hit five. And then there was this little yellow light that everybody started the buzz, everybody started talking about. And then it went to six. And by the time we were in Nashville at the SDR Wealth Conference, most are at six and a half, seven 7% there, right? 
Now we're looking like if you if you are really good through a great lender, 25% down, DSCR, you might be able to get seven and a quarter right now. Most are eight to 9%. Yep. So I think what was impacted by their marketing budget, did that increase? How many uh, users or hosts have they added to the platform? That's all I hear Chesky talk about really is, oh, we're going to add this many. The demand's so high, we got to keep adding millions of you know new hosts to the platform. So how does that impact the data? You and I both know, and that's why I kind of skewed and not talking as much about data and more about being subjective. You and I can manipulate data any way we want it. And every time that we see a report that comes out, whether it's from Verbo, Airbnb, Vacasa, AirDNA, there is always bias behind the numbers that we're seeing. 100%. I love staring the pot on that one. <laughs> I'm fucking right. Oh, I'm 100% right. You're right. Still uh, see the passion in Bill's eyes there, the fire behind it. I love it. So here, here's some here's some data to actually dispute what you 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 hit the you know nail on the head there. So in the last two years, active listings have increased by fifty percent. The number of active listings across the board have increased by fifty percent. That's a huge number. I'd love to know what it was when they were. However, fifteen to nine. However, the number, the total number of bookings has only increased by 24%. Wow. So 50% more hosts, but only 25 actual percent in terms of the number of bookings. That's actually a 26% delta to the negative. Yeah. Most people don't look at it that way, right? Well, they're not. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man... Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars. And he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. So the true... Rev, what we call, I, you know, short-term. Rev par. Rev par. Yep. Revenue per active listing in reality is down. And to your point, I, you, you uh, earlier, what you were saying about the new listings, uh, new listings coming out this year compared to your beach properties. Was this on? Yeah. Th those, those. Those were off my beach front properties in Gulf Shores. Right. So. That is, that's, that's a true, like, I, you know, I, I can go figure that out, that data statistic. Um, and I think I will after this, cause I think that's really interesting, but something very similar is going on. So the average difference in revenue between the 90th percentile of revenue performing properties. So the top performing properties and the difference between the average is widening. So last year, year over year, if we're looking at last year, the difference was about 
35 to 40%. Now it's at 45%. So the top 10, it's kind of like the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, or the average is going, you know, becoming more average and, and right. performing less. So I, there's some validity there. And so when we're seeing these revenue numbers and ADR is growing for everybody, it's not growing for everybody. It's growing for the people who are established or who have these unique niche properties that Airbnb or Furbo are promoting too. You know, just the top heavy hitters are doing well. So that to me is a, a danger sign. It's growing for people like you, not you, not Kenny, not Kenny, oh, but well. you that are listening. If you're listening and taking action to what we're sharing with you, though, I believe those are the ones that are growing. There's a lot of people pre-COVID that didn't use, you know, dynamic revenue management tools. There's a lot of people that, you know, didn't, what well, there was no STR insights, right? They're not looking at data after they buy a property. There's a lot of people, I mean, I, I take pride in, I know I've impacted over 20,000 people, 20,000 investors and hosts and helping them level up their game with the amenities and the hospitality and the welcome messages. And, you know, think about it, pre-COVID, there really wasn't a TJ to Johnny, a Michael Shogren, a Bill Faith, a, a, you know, a, a Sean Raskovich, all these things. The brand, there's so many more influencers that impact hundreds of thousands of hosts now, whether it's on YouTube, Clubhouse, Facebook, podcasts like that. There's so much more information readily available today. And I think there's so many forums to where people can consume, you know, from in the way that they want to consume it. Then the question becomes is are they going to execute? And I think I think that everything is leveled up because of COVID, because so much money was on the table, right? And and we if, think about what would it, what how how would those numbers be different, Kenny, if we knew we only had two years? Because the numbers are drastic from 21 and 22 from when I was hosting in 2019. Yeah. Right? And like drastic. So the people that didn't take advantage, problem what percentage of them would have if they would know the outcome. So that's the problem, folks, from the mindset standpoint. We never know what the outcome is. I've done 37 freaking startups now, and I have no clue what the outcome is going to be every time I write a check to start a business, right? That's risk. Hopefully, you guys see what has happened. Hopefully, you see the people like Kenny and myself and a Michael Shogren and these people that are elevating their hosting, elevating their, their research, elevating the financials, elevating you know the, the pricing dy dynamic. And you follow suit because you want to be in that top 10%. Yeah. I, I mean, just to add to that, I mean, it's so important that we take the initiative and the time to see what it will take to get there. And we also make decisions on that. I'm not just to, I mean, give like a subjective approach to this. I do see, like you said, a correction coming. I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom, especially for the top 10%. It obviously isn't doom and gloom. They're performing better than they were last year and the year before. But people who are set and forget it are going to see that correction and they might, you know, and it's going to hit their pockets. But I want to transition a little bit actually into some, some, some cooler numbers out there. So I want to talk to you guys about what are the different, what's the actual outlook like? So we've talked about what we feel, kind of the gut reaction to it, what we're seeing based on our experience reaction, experience reaction. There we go. <laughs> so but the, there's a true question, what, what are the numbers actually saying for the future? And so I, I took the time, I broke it down. So I broke it down by a three-month month occupancy rate. So from looking from today, or we'll say last week, because that's when I, we updated the numbers. So last week, full, fast forward three months, what's the occupancy look like? Like current bookings as of, you know, we'll say today. 
So the national occupancy rate for the next three months is 44%. So last year, it was like 50, 52%. So not incredibly, like much lower, but still a little bit lower. In beach markets, it's 37%. So as of today, looking forward, seeing how many bookings there are. So beach markets on average across all the, the active listings on in beach markets, there's a 37% occupancy rate. So if you're looking to purchase in a beach market today and get that rental going, I might consider that future occupancy rate and maybe, maybe holding back a little bit. In mountain markets, there's a 43% occupancy rates a little bit higher closer to the national average still a little bit lower i think that could be attributed to you know we think about september back to school things like that people don't travel as much however if you look at urban markets and this was really interesting and something i learned about it's up 55 percent. so it's at 55 percent for the next three month occupancy rate which is real significantly higher and uh did kenny did you say it's up 55 percent, or it's sorry, up, not up 50, it's not, it is 55 percent okay, gotcha. rate for the next three months so year over year it's uh, i think up uh, i didn't write it down but i think it was up like 10 or 12 percent but that's 13 percent higher than the next highest occupancy yes 40 or no 11 percent, 44 percent. yeah 44 percent. and then i i forgot to include lake Lake houses, lake homes, whatever, uh, their occupancy rates around the national average. So it's at about 45% for the, the next three months occupancy rate. So the market's shifting a little bit, but also taking a little bit of a dip at the same time. Um, the urban markets are making their comebacks. Uh, I So I am in an urban market as well. You know, we're having more weddings uh, and I market towards weddings. I Noticed that the first year in 2019 or 2018 when I started doing this in uh, Buffalo, New York, is people are coming in for weddings in the city. And so I started marketing towards them and I get a lot of it and they pay. They pay great money. And so business is back, business is booming. So the urban markets are kind of having their comeback, but everyone's kind of seeing for the most part a slight dip in occupancy across the board. So it's something to yeah, keep in mind as you're looking to purchase in some of these markets. If you're in an urban market, I'm just going to share a data point with you from the GBTA, the Global Business Travel Association, which I am still uh, a member of, and I have been since, God, I guess, 2008. That's where all the travel managers for like Carson Wanglet, Amex Travel, Travel the Stars, blah, blah, blah. They're the ones that are working for Fortune 100, 500, 1000 healthcare companies. They're the ones that are booking the travel. And traditionally, it's always been hotel air car service. Now it's hotel slash STR air car service. So there is a tremendous amount of opportunity. I started talking about this on Clubhouse about a year and a half ago, and I don't own in any urban market, but I do manage a property in Nashville, which is a, a, a very strong urban market. And so even though I manage a lodge on 11 acres, that's 20 minutes outside of downtown, I have actually targeted travel managers that used to be clients of my ground transportation space, primarily the largest one here, uh, which is with BCD travel. They're very easy to find by doing a travel manager search on LinkedIn um, and just start making connections with them. Don't freaking sell them anything and you're in your, don't slide into their DM and, you know, try to sell them something or tell them and just, you know, slide in, go join your local GBTA association for a couple hundred bucks for a year and start going to meetings. You know, especially if you have workstations and you're kind of corporate traveler, business traveler friendly, you know, same thing with, and, and the thing, I guess the, I won't get in that whole educational part, Kenny, but my point is, is that 
we're seeing business travel up year over year right now. And this is when business travel typically kicks in. You see two huge slow periods in business travel. The week and Kenny worked for a mega company. He knows the week before Christmas through the second week of January is the slowest time of the year. And then summertime because they're doing leisure vacations and all that type of stuff. Well, now post COVID major companies still had COVID policies, mask policies, shit like that. So within the last couple of months, you know, people have been taking advantage of their remote work, whatever, but now it's, it's business travel time. A very good friend of mine and a client is the number one salesperson for a division that does like $800 million a year for Motorola. And he didn't travel for two years. And now he's on the road, like literally every freaking week. He's been on the road for like six weeks. Uh, and I think he's on the road for like seven of the next eight weeks. So yeah. he stay he stays in a combination depending on the market, right? Of either hotel or short-term rental. And he would prefer being in an apartment or something because they're just the amenities, right? Even if it's just something as simple as snacks and, you know, whatever, a little bottle of hand sanitizer. Think about how far a little bottle of hand sanitizer goes. It costs like 98 cents on fourimprint.com to get branded hmm. for somebody to slide into their, a business traveler to slide into their briefcase when they're going to a, like we just had the Dharma convention here this week, right? It's the big revenue management convention for the short-term rental space in Nashville. I mean, it's not big. I mean, they had a couple hundred people, but think about how many handshakes were done. Think about how, how many, how many handshakes did you do in Nashville, Kenny? A thousand, <laughs> right? So, and, I, and I'm not a germaphobe. My wife is, but you know what? I kept a small bottle of hand sanitizer. So those small things, you know, really, once again, Kenny mentioned, I think it was in the previous podcast episode, but really understanding your ideal buyer when you're including those amenities, but most importantly, do some research and try to find out what's causing that 55% occupancy rate. That's 11% higher than the next closest one, which I think was beat. Was it beach or lake? It's like at 45. Yeah. So about 10%. Yep. So that, that should impact your investing strategy moving forward, but it also should impact, you know, who you're targeting. And if you're not targeting anybody, then you're just waiting for somebody to find your listing on Airbnb and Verbo. And you're going to be one of the ones that'll fall into that bottom percentile. I, yeah, I, I decided, I, I think it was interesting. I, before I left city, so I worked for Citibank. When we started going back to the office, they told everyone, they said, because most of our managers, uh, so I'm in Buffalo, most of our managers are in New York City where the headquarters is. They said, everybody you have will pay for you to go visit, you know, your team or whoever's in New York. So, you know, they, it was a, you know, they, a week at a stipend or whatever, but they pay for, you know, flight, hotel, everything. We all traveled uh, and we could pick the time and, and uh, just go travel and, and sit down with our manager. Cause a lot of people hadn't, had the opportunity to actually meet their manager face to face because they might have been hired during the pandemic. And a lot of managers got to travel too. I was actually supposed to go travel. I had like half of my team was in India. And so part of the plan was me going to India later in the year. And and um, anyway, sacrifice that for this. So, <laughs> so I, all good, all good. But you mean um, just to be I on mean, the podcast with me? Is was that like the defining decision? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, just to be on the podcast. I said, that's it, city, we're done. But no, I mean, I had three trips of flights planned, business trips. I mean, I know that's not a lot for a certain business trip, but for I, I'm not supposed to travel for my job. But I had three trips this year alone. So the business travel is back, you know, and the urban markets are coming back. They're roaring back. And a lot of people, I especially, I saw this in Buffalo with the COVID. A lot of people jumped out in hosts. They quit. You know, they said, we're done. COVID, no way. And I took advantage of that. And the demand was still there. 
And now, you know, people are starting to see it and they're starting to slowly come back in, but the demand has just gone significantly higher. So, um, you know, I'm up almost 20% year over year on my listings. That doesn't surprise me with the majority of them being in urban markets, right? Correct. Yep. So I do a weekly Thursday office hours in the ground transportation space, which, and it's not like weddings and limos and stuff like that. It's literally corporate business travel globally. And we, we talk about these trends because they've been on an, they, they, it's like 2021 for them still, right? They're on this ultimate hype and it's because the most constricted markets like where you live, New York and California is the, you know, and then you throw in Boston in there. There's still that pent up demand that we've like, we felt in the South a year and a half ago. Right. So they're, they're <laughs> like, a year, yeah. the South is yeah. usually 10 years behind everything yeah. else in regards to pop culture. But we opened up 30 days after COVID started. They were like, two years. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you look at Broadway, Broadway still isn't fully opened. Right. And just the deals with restaurants up until six months ago, nine months ago in Manhattan and Boston, it's a different world. So you got to take those things into consideration. I would never, ever go into like Manhattan or something like that, but I see opportunity there now, right? I see opportunity that if I lived in that area, if I lived in Jersey, if I lived in Secaucus or, you know, someplace or in, close in Long Island or Westchester, I would be looking in that market. One, there's so much vacancy. You can actually get some decent deals right now, right? And two, that demand is going to come back like a freaking just, I don't even know, like winter's coming in and, you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah, they, um, it, it's it's going to be. Yeah, every every indicator for business travel, meetings, events. You look at convention space. You look at hotel occupancies. All of that type of stuff is going to be off the chain right now. Specifically for the next ninety days, we are now get September, October, November as literally convention season. Just FYI, if you guys didn't know that, and that's predominantly going to be up and down the East Coast and in places like Dallas and Nashville and Chicago. Then Vegas convention uh, season is like January, February, and March. So if you're in those markets, you need to understand that stuff and take advantage. Absolutely. Cool. Is that all your data? Is that all we got today? That That is, I mean, we're, we're uh, approaching 30 minutes. So yeah, that filled it. Man. Awesome. That's a wrap. Thank you everybody for joining us. By the way, make sure you check out the Build Short-Term Rental Wealth and the STR, STR Insights. YouTube channels. If you actually want to watch the video, if you're catching this on Apple or Amazon or Spotify, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, have a great week. We'll catch you next week on the next episode. Happy hosting, everybody. See ya. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.